Millennial Muggle, Episode 6, Umbridge Over Troubled Water. Oh. I don't even know how to start. I don't even know how to start. <laughs> we don't even know how to start because I'm seriously devastated. Seriously. No! <laughs> don't. <laughs> I honestly don't want to read anymore. Yeah. I'm just did not see that coming. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's very hard to like try and comment on it because like I already know. So I can't and I can't remember being like, oh, I was really like I was sad, but I don't I don't remember being like this kind of thing. I cried real tears. Real they tears. rolled down my cheeks and my mum was here and she was like, are you right? I'm like, just been traumatised by a book. Well, see, I got <gasps> that when I reread, like for this, when I reread book four and Cedric. Like, that was, for me, that, like, I was sitting there next to you, Mm. and I was, like, crying, Mm. and I was, like, I can't, and then also in a later book, I was crying again. Yeah. I don't know. And I feel like we were still just getting over the trauma of Cedric. Yeah. And then this comes out of nowhere. And the the way he dies is Mm. out of nowhere, really. Mm. I feel like when oh. you when you know what happens, you begin book five, and the whole way through, I was oh, rereading it. Up. I was just like, I know he's gone. Like, I can't like think back to rereading it for a fresh time. Yeah, it is raw emotion. <laughs> oh, it is, and you just he's the saddest character because you're waiting for this moment that him and Harry are finally going to get reunited through the whole book. You're mm waiting like he's sort of stuck at um grim old place mm-hmm. and he wants to help and yeah you just i'm honestly don't i have no words i just i'm just so upset about mm. this and i'm happy just leave it here the podcast is done <laughs> we're done i'm gonna continue being a millennial muggle i don't care because everyone keeps saying it gets worse but I'm... don't you now feel like that you have to know what happens like yeah i do but yeah it does get like it does get worse (laughs) i think this is the i remember my like i remember mum being so incredibly sad because she was in love with Sirius. yeah i think he kind of is that figure that you just he's like that father figure Mm. to harry and someone that you know even as a reader you come to rely on so much through harry because well he's also hopeless like there's so yeah, much, true. Like, you kind of, he's the character you want him to do better kind of thing. Like, yeah. I'm sort of in his corner. Like, there were some things I was reading and he would be, like, egging on someone else. Yeah. And he was just, like, not an adult because he obviously went to jail when he was so young. Yeah, that's That he's true. never been. It's like he's never grown up. So, mm. he's like a father figure. Well, he's like an older brother, brother figure. Brother, yeah. yeah. Brother, father. Yeah, kind of both. Yeah. Yeah, and there are moments where the kids, you know, Hermione or, or yeah. Harry or even Ron are just like, no, we're not doing that. Exactly. And like, <laughs> like he'll Molly? be like, write to me. And he's like, no, the letters are being yeah. intercepted and he doesn't. And even the fact that he got spotted at the train because yeah. he just insisted that he came and yeah. And like Molly would very much like tell him off just like she did mm. with the children. And you'd be like, no, like if you took your spot, then maybe you wouldn't. Mm. Like if you sort of grew up, then maybe you wouldn't be stuck there or whatever. I think he was so symbolic, though, of the life that Harry wanted so badly and could have had. Mm. Like, he was kind of the only piece of family really left yeah. for him. And so 
for me, you had all these summers before where it was like, you know, hopefully next summer he'll be able to just go and live with Sirius and mm. everyone will realise the truth and happily ever after, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. Do you want to know a sad, like, fact? Yeah. Is like, so afterwards there's like all these facts about like the lives of the characters and stuff that people came out with like Pottermore and Sirius spent more time without James than he did with James in his life. What do you mean? Because, like, they met at high school or whatever oh. and he spent 16 years in jail. Yeah. And... See, like, that kind of stuff, I think, it's, like, it really shows what friendship is. Is like, mm. even when they're fighting at the end and he says, good one, James. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no, it's Harry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I think, too, I think Sirius leans on Harry more than he'd care to have ever admitted. Yeah. He really almost wanted harry to be james i think mm. there's a is there a moment where dumbledore or someone says he's not james yeah, yeah yeah um and it happens the actual death like no i don't talk about it but the actual way that he dies it happens so fast like you it's it's similar to cedric um and maybe it's because i am still optimistic that this is going to be like a positive book and it's, it's like not um but you're just waiting for him to come back yeah. you know the 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 line is, you know, well, he's only just gone through. Yeah. And Lupin's like, no, he's not coming yeah. back. And you're there, right there with Harry being like, no, no. No, mm. he, he just went through. Like, I'll just have to go through and, yeah, he'll, he'll be back. Yeah, and because and it, it's all, sort of all happening in the middle of the chaos of the battle. Yeah. And he's and when he's sort of laughing, like, is that the best you've got? And then he gets, yeah. Done. Done. <laughs> and he, that sort of, it talks about, like, mingled like a mixture of like mingled surprise um but the laughter is still kind of like he was just laughing when he got sort of hit and yeah oh i don't know it's um i remember oh, i remember writing that bellatrix i imagine to look like your conventional halloween witch like just mm. scrawny crooked nose just like pure evil i suppose and it kind of really begs that whole question about what family is and that, that whole kind of argument, I suppose, about obviously there's that like racism running through the book in the wizarding world about pure blood and, you know, obviously mud blood, you're not supposed to say, but Bellatrix was his family and mm. this the black family is a pure blood family and yet the more these books go along, it's, it's the pure blood wizards that are doing the, mm. the worst things and they're supposed to be you know, in, in their world is the, the most noble or... Um, yeah. Yeah. It, like, really makes you think about, like, loyalty and, and what does loyalty actually mean and that sort mm. of quest for good and evil and, you know, whilst, like, the, like it's so obvious that the the Voldemort's followers and stuff, they're the evil ones, they think that they're going for the good of wizard kind when mm. you know the the good people that we see is like harry ron and hermione their parents and things like that they're going like their quest for good is greater you know like mm. they want equality and that is seen as greater or whatever mm. but it's like yeah you kind of do get a sense of both sides and how wrong one is and right the other yeah absolutely they yeah yeah, I just can't sort of can't believe even, you know, you get you kind of get that materialised in that tapestry that they're looking at mm-hmm. and how, you know, um Or the burn Siri, Yeah, he's like been burnt out of it and things like that. And, and his mum like screaming. Mom. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, That's actually so funny how she's like still alive but not alive. Yeah, I know. And creature. Yeah. God, that that's like a whole other thing. As soon as as soon as creature came into the picture, you just knew that he was going to be trouble. Yeah. Yeah. There was going to be no no loyalty with him sort of muttering and creeping around and yeah. Mm. Um, but it's just it's so I don't even know where to begin with this book because. There's so much in it, and I feel like you spend so much of your energy hating Umbridge. And then, you know, right in the last, like, few chapters, just shit hits the fan, and all the worst things happen, and you've spent so much energy yeah. just, like, I kind of feel like on this, yeah. she's a distraction from, she like, yeah, yeah. you know, you do spend the whole book being, like, you know, what a cow, mm. and then it's, like, at the end it doesn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, couldn't even tell you what I felt about her compared to, yeah. And even her ending, and... like, being taken off by mm. the centaurs, you're like, big whoop kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, as you move forward, she'll be around, but... Oh, God, is she? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so funny because um, when we were watching something and Helen Bonham Carter was in it... Yeah. Helen Bonham Carter, is that how you say it? Yeah. And you said, oh, you said something like, oh, she's in Harry Potter too. And so, and then I started reading this and all I could picture was her is Umbridge. But mm-hmm. I, I know that Umbridge would be probably like a lot more grotesque, but she plays really good evil characters. And now I can't get it out of my head that I feel like she's Umbridge. Yeah. But something also tells me she probably isn't. <laughs> but, um. Oh, you don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I've sort of written here, like you feel your rising anger like Harry like he's getting so angry at her and you're getting so angry mm. but then of course the injustice that she inflicts is nothing compared to what's coming yeah yeah no I think she's pure evil yeah like I think the stuff that she does with the the writing on the hands like oh, I must yeah. not tell lies that is like the epitome of because that's something that's you can argue that like what Voldemort does to a lot of people like obviously I know he kills people and goes after them and does like insidious things but a lot of it is psychological like that Mm. is he around is he not going to be around like that increasing fear when like a mark from Umbridge that's always there Mm. you know like Harry kind of has Voldemort on his forehead and Umbridge on his arm like wow I've never thought of that yeah yeah Yeah, like the literal cutting into the skin yeah And she's also very racist too in terms of being the comments she makes against half-bloods and werewolves and things. Yeah, and um, centaurs. The yeah. way that Lupin can't, you know, can't get a job with, with her at mm. the helm of the ministry and things like that. Again, sort of is a really good lesson, I guess, for kids about um, not being like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember feeling so deeply upset when she said, like, you'll never play Quidditch again. Yeah. It's like, no. Or when Surely he, Quidditch is not over. <laughs> when she's in his like um his careers chat and she's like, You'll never be an aura, we'll <gasps> never hire you and stuff and you're I just know. like Shut up! Yeah. Like, this is Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love how pissed McGonagall is. Yeah. <laughs> like she's just not taking any shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh there's just seriously just so much. Um and it brings I guess that brings us two, one of the best parts of the book is Fred and George and their <laughs> incredible exit when they're yeah. just like, we're done, we're over you, we don't care anymore. And I think that Fred and George are such a, you know, they're lighthearted and the childlike point of view that we all need, I guess, and they become even more important in the book than just being the jokesters. 
you know, they want to take it further than the school halls and make people laugh, get, get people out of class or whatever the prank is that they want. But I guess kind of amidst all the doom and gloom that is kind of creeping up in these books, they're such a, mm. I guess, like a bright light, I suppose, that you don't realise how much you need. Yeah, that Harry really needs as well. And he obviously works it out with giving them his money and stuff. But you're just like... Yeah, he, he's someone who's so, could be so depressed. Like, obviously, they mm. sort of don't say that literally, although, you know, Sirius is a black dog. But. Oh, my God, true. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, like, I'm just so caught up in the plot that I'm not even noticing <laughs> any of the symbolism at all. <laughs> but, like. True. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I never thought of that. The black dog. Yeah, but, like, wow. the, the book, like, Fred and George, like, the twins, they're definitely. You know, he needs them more to be that light-hearted, that jokester, mm. that make me happy because everything else is making me depre- depressed. Like, there's mm. such a dependence that you kind of... It's just kind of unspoken. Yeah. I think it's a classic thing with boys, too, growing up. Is yeah. Harry is a classic, mm. I'm not talking about my feelings, and you're like, oh, you just really need to, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love when he finally arrives at Grimmauld Place and he's so angry that everyone else seems to be there and everyone else seems in on, you know, what's happening. Um, yet he's the only one who yeah. doesn't. And Harry's, like, getting so angry that he starts yelling. And I think it's either Fred or George comes in and goes, can you just, uh, just talk a little bit louder, Harry? I don't think the rest yeah. of, like, London heard you or something. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's actually what Harry needed is someone just yeah. to be like, mate. <laughs> what are you um, doing? And I think, you know, in a way they're – their dreams of having this joke shop and actually kind of going for it also shows kids that exams aren't the end of the world yeah. and there are actually are other pathways. You know, if you were kind of looking from a kid's lens when you... You can drop out and run a joke can, shop. Yeah, <laughs> you can drop out and there's other way, things to do. And um, I when you see um, Mrs. Weasley's gradual acceptance of it, mm. albeit very begrudging, they, they obviously still love them so much. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that or ironic, that Percy is the one who's what, you know, the world might say has the honourable job, but at what cost? He's estranged to his His family. He's a dick. Um, (laughs) And he's ultimately helping, like, some pretty evil people. Yeah. Even though I would like to think he's not evil himself, he just is too ambitious. I think the quote is, he's a pompous git. Yeah. I feel like that just encapsulates. It's perfect. (laughs) And I think... Yeah, it's interesting um, way that the Daily Prophet and Cornelius Fudge kind of operate through this in that it's obviously the Prophet spreading disinformation. Mm. Fudge is also, and he's completely ignoring what's actually happening. And I think it's that's a good lesson to not believe everything you read and that power doesn't always equal good leadership. Mm. And it's kind of fitting in today's you know age of disinformation and you know fake news fake news <laughs> coronavirus like conspiracies <laughs> like it just feels just way too fitting but um it is interesting how you can you seem to be able to pick up these books at any point in life and draw parallels to what's going on mm, like, yeah there you know even though it is a mythical world maybe <laughs> um maybe. like yeah. it does like i think the fact that you know they do talk about london like it, it does you do think it's real and then you do you always think it's in this time, like, I think the Battle of Hogwarts, like, the final book is set in, like, 1997. So it's, like, oh. it's all, like, we're well past their time. But like you said, you know, Fudge is a 
Trump. Like, mm, yeah. And they, there's no way that could have been predicted mm. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. When Harry's got that sort of court hearing or whatever mm. and this really brings in how important Dumbledore is. Yeah. You know, when he just How do we feel in. about Dumbledore now? I think it I mean he's I think he's the best, you know. Okay. I think That's not what you said. <laughs> he's not what reading I said. it. Yeah, when you were reading it, you were like, he's so annoying, he's oh. not there. Oh, I know. I think it, Stop you Stop being a dick, Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, okay. He probably was a bit too absent, but you Oh. He just redeems himself in the end. He always does. And you kind of always know that there's a greater plan at work when it comes to Dumbledore. Yeah. And you're really starting to learn that. And, you know, poor Harry in his, you know, for, for him, it, it really is that, well, why won't he look at me? Why won't he talk to me? And, mm. and that you're right there with him when he's throwing things around Dumbledore's office saying, this is not okay. You know, obviously after Sirius dies and he goes back to Hogwarts and Dumbledore just lets him say what he needs to. Mm. He doesn't try and... I think the good thing about Dumbledore is he never tries to talk to him like a child. He'll mm. just be like... There's probably more that he should tell him, though. Mm. I think he's keeping him in the dark too much. Yeah, definitely. And he he knows so much that he yeah probably could have helped Harry and the kids a lot more. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think a pivotal part in this book is Dumbledore's army. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What were your, talk me through that. What did you feel about that? And obviously how it ended. Yeah. It was so cool, Dumbledore's army. Mm. Like I feel like, well, I think actually, sorry, I'm going to pivot there in that it was actually really important because these kids are actually starting to understand that this isn't child's play and they actually really need to learn Mm. these defense against the dark arts because they're starting to understand that they could very much just like Cedric find themselves face to face with Voldemort and they're taking matters into their own hands. And I think that's a really big theme in this book. Even when you see all the kids go into the um, department of mysteries, they have realized um, that, the adults aren't taking it seriously or aren't there for them. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And I think another testament to how great Dumbledore is, is when he totally like takes it, the the blame for it. Mm. And he backs them too. Backs them. yeah. 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 Because he also trusts the kids and, you know, he doesn't, he could have had, he could have, yeah, got them in, in trouble right then and there, but he didn't. Mm. And I think it's really a, a moment for Harry to, for where people are really hearing him. You know, there's so many moments in this book where someone like Seamus is saying, well, my mum says... Me ma'am. Me ma'am says this. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a moment where people really see him and go, wow, you really did go through the things that you did mm. and trust in his abilities even when, you know, he didn't trust in his own abilities. When Hermione set it up, he... Yeah, he was kind of angry at it at the start, but um, mm. it, it ends up becoming a really important thing. And then when the kids do end up going into the Department of Mysteries, it serves them, it puts them in good stead. Mm. Harry really does teach them, yeah, some really important lessons. Um, and yeah, so I think it's, yeah, it's pretty powerful. Mm. Definitely. 
So we have Luna Lovegood in yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah, Luna, she's great. And she's I have... a rare cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's just insane. Yeah, so she. I feel like she's one not to be underestimated. You know, everyone writes her off as loopy, but she always sees what Harry sees. And she never underestimates Harry at any point. Mm. When other people doubt him, she, you know, she might have some kooky ideas, but yeah, she, she's um, she's always the one to sort of actually see what's going on. Mm. And it, you know, even the way that she sees the, um, what are the things that draw the horse cart? Oh, the thresholds. The, yeah, Thres- something like thestrals. that. Thestrals. Thre- that's it. The thestrals. And then you start to think, well, what, what's she seen? Mm. Yeah, what's her story? So I'm really looking forward to learning more about her. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's one of the faves. Yeah. When she's reading her, like the book upside down and stuff, you're like, what? Yeah, with the glasses. And I love how uncomfortable. The radish earrings. Yeah. And how uncomfortable she makes Ron. Like yeah. she'll just stare at Ron and he's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And um, I love how Ginny stands up for Luna all the yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really feel like Luna brings out the best in Ginny where she's always been around, but she's been a bit quieter but this book Ginny is like damn (laughs) like she just comes into her own she's Mm. like she's desirable she's you know popular she's smart she's sort of the epitome of cool girl in a way yeah yeah and I love how much Neville kind of protects her and things like that it's so cute bless Neville's soul bless Neville he's the best yeah and then and and in this book is where you learn about his you know, him visiting his parents Heart at Christmas break. and, yeah, you know, keeping the the chewing gum mm. wrapper or the lolly wrapper and he's one of those characters that, again, reminds you that... They're kids. They're innocent. They're just kids. and But also there's people have been through a lot as well as Harry and that's yeah. what Harry needs to start realising is that he's not the only one with some problems. Mm. He just seems to be the one taking it, making the most noise about it. Yeah. Um, so with the prophecy... Yes. That we've heard. Mm. So what are your thoughts around that idea that it could have been Neville? You know, that yeah. Harry could have been Neville. It's so it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't imagine Neville doing all the things that um Harry has done. But he could have he, he could have in that position. Yeah, did, what yeah. He could like he's kind of in a sense like, I obviously know, and I don't want to compare traumas, but, like, Neville's is, like, in a sense, Harry's parents are gone and he's never known them to be around. When mm. Neville knows what it's like to have parents, but mm. that just can't be there, in yeah. a sense. like Which is probably harder to have to, every well, Christmas, go, go yeah, to a mental ward. Yeah, it would be so and, difficult. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't compare their traumas, but mm. it is a sense of... You know, maybe he is just as brave as Harry, and mm. and I think it's sad that even when Neville runs into them in the hospital ward, I think it says something like, you know, he was ready for them to laugh, mm. and they obviously don't because they're um, nice kids. But you know, his whole life he's probably just had to put up with yeah yeah with with that. I think it, it you sort of understand why he doesn't. You know, with Malfoy and things like that, why he doesn't... He just sort of takes it as mm. well. Because I think his whole life he's been like... I don't know, just a little bit like, my life's shit. 
I can't really do anything about it. Mm. And this book, you start to see him sort of take some action and be like, actually, mm. I can be great. And like, you know, when his um, grandma says things like, you know, you're not like your dad. And then she kind of flips and mm. says sort of a few nice things about him. He starts to be like, you know what I am? Mm. I'm my own person, but I also am like just as good as someone like Harry Potter. And he does really well in the in Dumbledore's army. Well, yeah, he yeah. probably shows the most progression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in learning all the different spells and things like that. And, of course, at the end, he it's him and Harry there in, mm. in the... Well, there when Sirius dies. My my gripe was that Lupin stopped his... You know how his legs were, like, yeah. you know, all charmed and going everywhere. Lupin, like, stops it in, like, two seconds. I was like, could someone have just done that? Like, yeah. Just... Two minutes before, he yeah. was really getting in the way. <laughs> I love, though, that he has so... You know, he's got the the nose or mouth wound or whatever that he can't talk properly. Yeah. His legs are going crazy. But he's Double still door. there. Like, he's still the one... He's, yeah. like, he's still fighting. Like, the yeah. whole... And he's the first one to console Harry. And I think, yeah, Harry really leans on him. Mm. When, you know, if it had been Ron and Hermione there. I Like, I love Ron and Hermione, obviously, but they always, like... They, I feel like they do pity first. They're just very like, oh, like, poor you, like, mm. cry, that kind of thing when Neville is kind of like, talk to me, you know? Yeah. Like, he's more of that, I may not fully understand, but I understand a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where his character goes. I love that Neville's parents and Harry's parents were friends. Yeah. Like, I love how they all, mm. it is like history repeating themselves. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just so... It's such a book that... Yeah, for so much of it, you're really... You're back in... You're back in school. Everyone's studying for exams. There's a shit teacher. Like, you know, you're kind of going through all those those childhood things. And then slowly, there's just, you know, things sort of happening in the outside world. And then, obviously, at the end, the kids are right in it. Um, and, and this is another frustrating thing about how the adults... Another example of if the adults had just listened or done more, all of that could have been avoided. Like if mm. Snape had just fucking Snape, fucking Snape. Like why? Where was he? Why what did a Snape? Why did the kids have to go to the ministry? Mm. Like he didn't he know that? Like he could have helped. He could have stopped Umbridge. Said let Harry go. Well, Harry mm. says that thing to Snape and he gets it. You yeah, that yeah, that's true. He's got yeah. him in the place where it's kept or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know. So there is, he does, but it's, you have a sense that he does it too slow. Too slow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which adds to his, like, caricature of being, who who was this, who is he? Mm, I know. And, like, seeing that he was bullied by Snape, uh, but Snape was bullied by James and Sirius mm. and Lupin, kind of, to an extent. Mm. You know, and then... Like when Lily tries to stand up for him and he just shoots her down mm. and calls her in mud blood. It's kind of like yeah, you've you're obviously been through trauma, but you're not reaching like you're not accepting. You know how and you're not helping a case either. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. then it also brings back to the point that yes, Harry's dad might have been a dick to Snape, but like Harry is a different person and he's mm. a kid. Snape just really picks on him in a way that's 
just goes too far, mm. you know, when he purposely drops his potion and goes, oops, and all that. And you're just like, I could kill you. <laughs> but also, like, grow up, man. You're yeah. the adult. Chip on your shoulder to max. Mm. Yeah. Um. So my favourite character comes into play. Yeah. So Tonks. Tonks, yeah. She's my so absolute good. fave. Yeah. She's like that cool, older yeah. sister kind of vibe. Yeah. You know? I love how she sort of also gives them advice a bit on like the aura stuff how she's like mm. oh you guys will be fine kind yeah, of thing. Like, yeah i'm not even smart or whatever when obviously she would have been mm. super smart but i love her backstory how she's a black like how she's in yeah. the black family tree and mm. um and her mum marries a um a muggle born or mm. a, like a yeah a half blood or something i can't remember what he is exactly but that whole and you know obviously Teddy Tonks is who she marries mm. and and then she's just like exiled from the black family and you kind of wonder did Tonks and Ceres actually grow up a bit or not really you know what do you mean well like because she like Tonks would have been exiled from the black family before she was born because her parents mm. married before she was born oh Sirius yeah Sirius is obviously older than her mm. did they know each other like did they well? know each other at all yeah was when he was exiled did he go to the Tonkses or is she kind of meeting him for the first time mm. as part of the Order of the Phoenix you sort of don't yeah I, I reckon that the mm. latter that it seems like she doesn't know him that well mm. from what I can gather so far um, but I love how, and this is sort of looping a little bit back again to the Dumbledore's army, how it's like a miniature order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Like the kids are doing their, their own, own one. Yeah. Yeah. While all the adults are, you know, meeting in secret and, you know, doing, pl- plotting against Voldemort. So are the kids. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Tonks is sick. Yeah. She's sick. I feel like she would be the best to dress up as. I did dress yeah. up as her. Yeah. Painted my hair. Pink? Purple? I can imagine. I'm trying to think of who I think would play her. Maybe. Okay, the vibe I get is like Alice from Twilight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I get that vibe about her. Yeah. But I can't think of who I would actually get to play her. But that's the vibe. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I just love her. And I think I loved her because she was like, like she was a very, she's like that Hermione character. Like she's a very strong Actually, all the women are in this. All the women like, are, yeah. They're very strong. And they don't make and... a song and dance about it. They're just there no. being awesome. Yeah. Mm. And they don't ever get anything. The only the one that you could kind of argue that kind of hasn't seen, like, any... Well, Molly Weasley hasn't done much in terms of the fighting, but she mm. does the back work. Yeah, so exactly. So she's just as worthy, but, like, she's the only one that's sort of not out in the action. Yeah, um, yeah. Up to this point. But, yeah, I think Tonks is very, like, she's an aura. She's right there. She's seen shit. She's fighting. Mm. Like, yeah, obviously she kind of, you know, has a moment with Sirius in the end. But, Mm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just don't know where we're going to go from here. Mm. We've really hit rock bottom. I think we need to go through like a list of all characters okay. that are sort of pivotal mm-hmm. and then um, and then we'll do our estimates about the next book. Yeah. Or your estimates. Yeah. So I've listed probably, I think there's 20, <laughs> 20 main characters. Whoa. There are <laughs> so many though. That's the thing yeah. is there's so 
So many. So first word, first sentence, that kind of vibe. Okay. When I say their name. All right. Some of them we've already talked about, but whatever, we'll do it again. So Ginny. Oh, I just, I love her. I'm just yeah. going to say that for Ginny. Love. Okay. Fred and George. Necessary. Yeah. Percy. Dick. Luna. One to watch. Yep. Cedric. So sad. <laughs> Love him. Uh, Victor Crumb. Love him. Yep. <laughs> He's, um, I wonder if he'll come back. Mm. I miss him. Fleur. Fleur. Well, she ha- she's she redeemed herself. She's kind of like a bit of a bitch at the start. And then Harry does right by her. And I feel like she's one of those people that, you know, someone does her a solid, like she'll be there. Yeah. Draco. Hate you, Draco. I hate him. He's just... He's fucked. <laughs> he's evil. Seamus. Seamus. Me, ma'am. <laughs> I love him. when he, he makes up his own mind, yeah. you know? At the start, you, you think, oh, no. He needs to be persuaded, I feel. He did, yeah. But yeah. then, you know what? He goes, Harry, I believe you. Yeah. And that's a huge moment. Neville. Oh, I think he's going to be like a real hero of this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dean Thomas. Um, I don't have much of an impression about Dean mm-hmm. yet. I feel like he's always sort of there. A good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to say this. Dean Thomas is my favourite character in the movies. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, Cho Chang. A lot. <laughs> but feel sorry for her. She's been through a lot. Mm. Um, also, though, her and Harry's kiss. I know. <laughs> so cute. The mistletoe. I know. <laughs> Too much. She's like, and he was like stressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Brace yourself. Serious. Oh. Tragic. Mm. Just tragic. I just, I'll miss him forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lupin. Solid. I really... He is understated, but always there. And I feel like, again, he's going to be someone who has, like, a real I feel like last episode you said he was your favourite. Because Sally was like... No, no, Sally 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 said he was. Favourite, and you were like, yeah. Yeah. Favourite. I I don't think he's my favourite yet. Um, Yeah. But solid. Solid, yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter Pettigrew. A little rat. (laughs) (laughs) Quite literally. (laughs) Um, Snape. Don't trust him. Yeah. Unsure. Bad vibes. Bad vibes. Okay. Lucius Malfoy. Horrible vibes. Okay. <laughs> Hate him. Dumb- Dumbledore? <laughs> oh. Dumbledore is like, you know, when your parent, they really do know what's right, but mm-hmm. you're just fighting it. Yeah. He He's he's always going to be right, but... Painful, so. Painfully so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> McGonagall. The best. She <laughs> is just sass queen. Mm. Love everything she does. Umbridge. Hate her. Hagrid. Love him. <laughs> I love that he brings his brother in the middle of like, the most chaotic bit. You're like, no, Hag- Hagrid, you're just like, no. It's just like that one friend who's always making a terrible decision. Yeah. And you just got to let it happen. <laughs> He's beautiful. But beautiful, beautiful man. Okay. Molly Weasley. Oh, love her so much. She, in the comment you made before about how she's not really out there doing the fighting, but it's like the Order of the Phoenix wouldn't work without Molly. Yeah. Because she's feeding them, she keeps the wheels turning. Yeah, yeah. In such a huge way. 
you know, she's always there just with a massive feast prepared. And that kind of work is undervalued yeah. in our society and the order would not She's ready to spring into her. action mm. like to cert, like to help them. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a different kind of action that is mm. obviously underappreciated. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Women's labour, not appreciated. Yeah. Mr. Weasley. Oh, Arthur. Nearly dies. <laughs> yeah, worried for him for a moment. Just good, good people, yeah. the Weasleys. Uh, um, Molly and Arthur. Charlie Weasley. Don't know Charlie yet. Yeah, he brought the dragons over. I thought Bill, no. No, Bill's okay. at Gringotts. Oh, Bill's at, yes. Um, so Bill's a hot one. Yeah, Bill's the hot one. Well, again, you, you, I don't think I know too much about Charlie yet. I think he's like the responsible older brother who's you know, done good things with his life. Okay. So then Bill. Hot. <laughs> Tonks. The girl every young girl aspires to be. Yeah. Dobby. <laughs> Chaotic, but but in the best way. <laughs> Moody. Mad-Eye Moody. Um, well, you feel like you haven't got to know him that well because the moody you grew to know and love was actually I feel that too yeah so like I feel like the whole way through and this is like not spoiling but just like general like generally saying whole way through this is an unpopular opinion whole way through moody is like mad I moody he's so great he's so fit I don't know anything about him yeah like, because the one that we got to know was an imposter the one that we thought was great was not him yeah and then in this book he's just weird yeah like <laughs> yeah like he doesn't really he's just talk grunting to all the time he's just there and they're all like oh mad eye and i'm like sorry like lower your raise your expectations i mean yeah like, yeah i feel and i feel like when you get to like the last book i still have that you know yeah you still so, have that feeling yeah about it. yeah you, you it's he didn't get to have a moment where he got reintroduced and went whoa that was so messed up that i was locked in his trunk for ages and yeah. this is who i really am he's just He's like, around again. Tell me why you have a mad eye. Like, tell yeah. me why you have, like, a peg leg. Yeah. You know, like, tell me about these. You just don't get that. Yeah. It's always like... And I really loved him in, um, what was it, the third book? Fourth book, uh, yeah. Fourth book. And then, obviously, all of that's flipped upside down. So, yeah, mm. I actually don't really know. Yeah. I just love that everything he says is, he growled. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, just introduced very briefly, but worth mentioning, is Kingsley. Kingsley oh. Shacklebot. So he's part of the order. Oh, is he the one that's always drunk? No. no. That's Medungus. Yeah, yeah. Don't talk about him. He sucks. <laughs> yeah, he does suck. Kingsley. He's like the leader. He's the one that's like in the ministry. Oh, yeah. Oh, I... Yeah, not much as... can't remember much about what he does. Right. Yeah. To be, to be told. Yeah. Three main characters. I want one word for each one that's not love or like. Okay, or sorry. Yeah, I'm not being... Um, Hermione. Brilliant. Ron. Bloody brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Loyal. Okay, and Harry. Complicated. Oh! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Harry kind of... Sometimes I really do hate him. Yeah. Just like, don't be so angry. Mm. Just tone it down. Yeah. You probably need some therapy. <laughs> yeah. But I also understand why he's so angry as well. Yeah, very true. Um, and when people are kind of trying to placate him and be like, it's fine. And he's like, it's not fine. <laughs> you kind of there with him as well when mm. he's getting frustrated. Oh, and one more. Hedwig. The owl? Yeah. What do you think about the owl? 
I wish I said that I would have an owl as a pet, not a cat. Because <laughs> I love Hedwig so much more than Crookshanks. Yeah. Yeah. Though I do like um, Trevor. <laughs> Trevor! Trevor! Yeah! <laughs> my voice is really going. <laughs> right. We're learning my Patronus. Your oh. unusual Patronus is a buffalo! <laughs> <laughs> what? A buffalo? Why? Does that is so odd. What? Did it tell me why? I'm going to do mine. I'm going to log into my put them all. Return to my profile. A buffalo? No, I think it's just... So you thought before we did this, we should have said you thought you would be a golden retriever. Yeah. Very optimistic, may I suggest. <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> all right. So Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Shall we read the blurb? I shall read the blurb. <clears throat> okay. Tell me what you think. Okay. It is the middle of summer, but there is an unseasonable... I think last time... (laughs) It is the middle of summer, but there is an unseasonal... Seasonal? Unseasonal. But there is an unseasonal mist pressing against the window panes. Harry Potter is waiting nervously in his bedroom at the Dursley's house in Privet Drive for a visit from Professor Dumbledore himself. One of the last times he saw the headmaster was in a fierce one-to-one duel with with Lord Voldemort. And Harry can't quite believe that Professor Dumbledore will actually appear at the Dursleys of all places. Why is the Professor coming to visit him now? What is it that cannot wait until Harry returns to Hogwarts in a few weeks' time? Harry's sixth year at Hogwarts has already got off to an unusual start, as the worlds of muggle and magic start to intertwine. J.K. Rowling charts Harry Potter's latest adventures in his sixth year at Hogwarts with consummate school and breathtaking fashion. So, he's going into his sixth year, so that makes him how old? Like, 16? 16. 17? I don't know. Um, 11's in the first, so... Yeah, so he's 16, because 16 is his age. Yep, okay. Okay. Um, He's waiting for Dumbledore to come to Privet Drive. Maybe they're going to do... Magic. (laughs) Magic! Done! Um... Going on a mission with Dumbledore before he starts his first year. He's, um, like, he's before he starts his year at Hogwarts. And the Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince. Who's a Half-Blood? Harry. Mm-hmm. Is he a prince as well? <laughs> he cannot be a prince too. <laughs> That's just too much for one kid. Well, they don't have royalty. Like, oh, yeah. They still have Queen Elizabeth, surely. Yeah. Half-Blood Prince. Yeah, have we met any wizarding royalty yet? Dumbledore? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's no, like, wizard king, is there? No. Anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> and wizard queen or anything. No. Shit. We, they better not be blending the royal family into this. I'll <laughs> be so annoyed. <laughs> That's too British. The Half-Blood Prince, I reckon it's going to be... I can it be like Neville or someone? Yeah. Yeah. One of the kids. One of the unsuspecting kids at school. Yeah. Maybe Seamus. <laughs> Seamus! I called <laughs> me mum. <laughs> anyway. Go talk to your mums. And that's it. That's it. Book six, here we come. Thanks for listening. This has been a KK Media production. If you like what you heard, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter via KK Media.